0: Hello and welcome to Now Here's a Thing, the latest laid back podcast crafted by me, Tracy Jones. And me, Heather Noble.
1: Anyway, Tracy, now here's the thing food banks. Food banks. Yeah. Very necessary at the moment. Occasionally, I buy things to put in the food bank box in the supermarket. Yeah. And on Sunday, I decided to have a concerted effort at putting some things in the food box. So I thought, in the food bank box, so I thought, right, I'll go around. And you can't buy perishables. No. Right. So it got me thinking that as I was going around looking for things, OK, yeah, pasta, right, OK. Uh, sauce to go on the pasta, OK, tomato sauce, sauce. Um, Right, kids cereal, right, sugar laden cereal. Um all of the things that I was buying will have been processed Mm. and I was thinking if if people are actually you know, some of the things, it's like, yeah, okay, that and they say just add mints or just add the and it's like, but that's assuming that people can afford to add those things. Um and it really got me thinking about um Oops, sorry about that. Throwing phones around. It, it, it just got me thinking about how difficult it is to, to eat a balanced... Not how difficult it is to eat a balanced diet. But if you're limited on what you've got and what you're being given, having a balanced diet is really difficult. Yeah. And then when you add into the mix the cost of vegetables and, and things that because of shortages, it's becoming more and more expensive to eat healthily. And um and yeah, okay, it's fine to eat crap or, you know, high carb processed foods or whatever for a little while, but over a prolonged period, it's not going to be terribly it's not going to be terribly healthy at all. And then that got me thinking back to how things were when we had rationing. So we've had a bit of rationing in recent times, haven't we, with limits on, you know, when like you couldn't get a red pepper look for love nor money a few weeks ago, and now the only peppers you can get are red peppers. And, you know, certain things, tomatoes, you can only buy one packet of tomatoes. Covid, we had rationing, but never to the extent that rationing existed in the war. Yeah. So I thought, oh, I'll do a little bit of research back into um, into rationing because there's evidence to suggest that we had the best diet during that time because people couldn't have excess of the things that were. Bad for you and so sugar process and, yes, and, and meat and butter. Yes. yeah, yeah. Um, and fats and things like that, um, and so i thought, oh, well that's that's quite interesting now i've always been fascinated by you know like so how did people what did people have you know when they were when they were having things rationed, how much did they eat, how many calories were they eating compared to how many calories we eat these days um, and when you start to think about Um, basic food stuff. So it started in January 1940. Um, Every man, woman and child was given a ration book with coupons um, and they were required before ration goods could be purchased. You had to register with the shop that you were going to be buying your rations from. You didn't just like walk into any supermarket. So all food was being channeled through. So if that butchers, if, if you've got your ration for so much meat and so much bacon, and that butcher's has got a hundred people, then they know how much um produce to send to that butcher okay um so um so that would be things like uh, sugar, meat, fat, bacon, and cheese they were directly rationed, and then certain tinned goods, dried fruit, cereals, and biscuits were rationed using a point system, so you could allocate your points um so rather than having two ounces of butter a week, or whatever it was, you could allocate your points based on... So children needed more milk and eggs, for example, and expectant mothers. So the points system would mean that you could use your points to, to get those certain things. But fruit and vegetables were never rationed, but they were in short supply. So then we went into the... Um, dig for victory. Dig for victory and, and all of those types of things. But they then bread was bread wasn't rationed during the war but in July 1946 it was rationed because the impact of some of the various commodities that were available and because of the, the war being with Germany then rationing was for England and France You know, it wasn't just England alone it was you know British Isles and France and Italy I think. But then, then I so then I got into the whole yeah. But what were people actually eating? Not only did rationing go on until 1954, um, uh, the uh, at which point you had one egg, two ounces each of tea and butter, an ounce of cheese, eight ounces of sugar, four ounces of bacon, and four ounces of margarine per person per person per yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. So then we got into a situation where restaurants were opening um british restaurants where they would be pooling resources to feed workers who um who might be burning up more calories or might not even have facilities to cook their own foods so all of that's going on so i was like yeah, but what are they actually eating um so i got into some of the recipes okay that I were to um, like that these. were available so um there are millions of them but um i've just chosen a couple so Um, There's a website called the 1940sexperiment.com, which has got recipes um, and lots of information about um, rationing. So something called Mock Goose. Mock Goose, go on, tell me. Even they say it's a weird recipe. It's split lentils, breadcrumbs, onion, sage, butter, chicken stock, salt, pepper, garlic and lemon. And basically you cook it all up. And it ends up looking like this sort of yellow
0: bleh. That's
1: the best way I can describe it. You basically mix it all together, um, put, it, put it in the pan, put the breadcrumbs on the top, probably to hide what you've cooked, and brown it in the oven um, so it looks a bit more appetising. Mm. So that's mock goose. So then we get on to um, duke pudding. Duke pudding, yeah, okay, it so sounds think, very grand. You know, you think, oh, this sounds nice, don't you? Yum, yum. Oh, even the picture looks quite pleasant. Um, it's basically stale bread and grated carrots. So you soak the breadcrumbs, um, add a bit of fat or margarine, bit of dried fruit, um, a load of carrot, some spinach, mixed spice or cinnamon, um, mix it all together, make a sort of batter, Cook it in the oven for 30 to 40 minutes. It's like a carrot cake, but made with breadcrumbs. To Yeah, to pan out the carrot. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and, um, and fine... Well, not finally because there's about 192 recipes. Walton pie. Right, this was devised by Lord Walton. Um, uh, no, it was devised by a chef at the Savoy. Um, it was meant to be filling, but mostly using vegetables from the garden. So this was like, okay, what can most people cook? Um, And so this was made of potato, cauliflower, carrot, parsnip, spring onions, vegetable extract, oatmeal, and parsley. And then the tops, you mix all that together, fry it, put it in a dish. Um, And then you put mashed potato um, mixed with flour, baking powder, and shortening on the top. And you booked that, and you cooked that for 25 to 30 minutes. And you served it with gravy. I don't know where you were getting your gravy from. That must have been gravy granules of some sort. Because I would have thought that in the 40s, people made gravy from meat. Mm. That's how you would normally make gravy.
0: Yeah, you'd think so.
1: So I don't know why I went down this rabbit hole, but I think it all just started from oh my goodness, if people are eating out of food banks, and you know, whilst that is, it's terrible that they exist. Um, at least they do exist but your diet is mostly going to be if you're dependent on donations from people in the supermarkets where it can't be processed it's going to be a fray bentos pie it's going to be tin chicken curry it's going to be rice it's going to be pasta it's going to be biscuits it's going to be cereals muesli how do you get you know okay you might have tin tomatoes or i think i bought some tuna and i bought some sweet corn you know, in the hope that somebody could make some sort of tunery, sweet corny thing. Did you send a recipe in with it as well? But, you know, when you're buying stuff and and then you don't know that it's... You can't say, this is what I want to go to a family, you know, and you've sort of planned this diet, because it's all just lumped in together. But I know supermarkets are donating fresh produce, but it's going to be really difficult for it to... Because they're not going to donate it when it's fresh, fresh. You know, you might get some spuds or you might get some out-of-date peas or whatever. But it just got me to thinking, how difficult would that be? How time-consuming would all of that be? Because, yeah, okay, in the war, there was rationing. But a lot of women, I know a lot of them went to work on the lands and in munitions factories and things like that. But if you've got kids, you've got to work really hard to make... Something that your kids are going to want to eat. And let's face it, kids don't really want to eat sweet potato, carrots. They want to eat um, nicer things. They want to eat cakes, they want to eat puddings. Um, You can't even just say, well, you know, just have scrambled egg. Because you've got, like, an egg. (laughs) So, yeah, it was... um, I just went down that rabbit hole and I was like, oh,
0: my gosh. Yeah, it's quite a rabbit hole, isn't Mm. it? Mm. It's really difficult, isn't it? And I think... um, Sometimes you see some commentators making light of um, um, food poverty, Mm. you know, say, well, you know, I saw this in the aisle, you know, I could get this for 30p or, you know, this uh, bargain, but you're not going to get a whole week's worth of food from there. How many different shops would you need to go to to find exactly the right things in, in in the sort of clearance section? And generally, it's not stuff you're going to feed a family with, is it, no. in that clearance section? No, well, the, the
1: reason it's in the clearance section is cause probably because it's fresh or going out of date. There's um, there's uh, a guy who pops up on my TikTok feed from time to time. So he goes to the supermarket with his wife and he's filming it and he's going like, right, five quid. Right, we're going to buy food. What are we going to buy? And the and the woman will be going, right, I'm going to pick up this and I'm going to pick up that. And she was doing exactly this. So she picked up some, she didn't pick up rice because she'd got rice at home. Um, she picked up some pork chops, she picked up some spring onions and she picked up some honey and she was going to make some sort of um, sticky pork type of thing. Right. She go, there you go. I've left I've left off money for the soy sauce. So she spent £3.76 or something. There's money for soy sauce and money for something else. And then lo and behold, there she's in the kitchen showing us how she's going to cook it. She said, I'm just rating some fresh garlic. It's like, well, I want a minute. Where's the garlic? Where's from? the garlic come from? Um, and I've got a little bit of there was, and I was like, well, somebody would have actually spent one pound thirty or something to buy that. You never get just little bits of something, no, do you? a you... teaspoon of celery salt, or you've got to buy. So it's it's yeah. anathema, and you know when people say, "Oh, people, you know, earning 30000 pounds eating out of food banks," you go, "Yeah, it's not surprising. <laughs> Especially if they want to try and eat healthily, they might be mixing things up."
0: Anyway, can I change the subject? Please now? do. yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, vulva and vagina.
1: Oh, oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to go on to Volvo cars, but no, no. no I'm going okay.
0: straight in with um, the taboo of women's body parts. Okay. And uh, there's an article on the BBC yesterday, BBC Wales um, yesterday. So it's Tuesday today. So this was on Monday, Monday okay. okay, the third of April, and. Um, Doctors were warning that the embarrassment about naming parts of the female anatomy is putting women's health in jeopardy. Okay. So um, it's this, this whole um, embarrassment of mentioning it, but other things as well. So, um, for example, if you went on to Google and put in the word vulva yeah. <laughs> or vagina, chances yeah. are you're not going to get anything medically helpful. You're going to mm-hmm. get something sexual, aren't you? Yes. And and the the article pointed out that it isn't the same with male bits, male genitalia. Mm, um. There there are euphemisms. Yes. But you don't hear clitoris, vulva, vagina talked about, and certainly not vulva and vagina used correctly. No. No. <laughs> and clitoris, it's not. They're not generally, and in fact, some um, coarse words for female body parts. So yes, are, are used are more t- particularly uh, considered. Um, uh, quite vulgar, aren't mm, they? So, mm. so what they were saying is that uh, this this oversensitivity can actually mean that you struggle to go and seek help or know how to verbalise an issue or you can't even find the issue online. You know, so. Yeah, because you're just going to get a load of stuff that's not
1: actually what you need to yeah, to know about.
0: Yeah, and, and <laughs> this article, um, Dr. Cissé said that your, your lady bits... Your vulva, your vagina, your clitoris, your labia, your inner labia, your outer labia is nothing to be ashamed of. It's just part of your normal anatomy, just like your head, shoulders, knees and toes. Okay. <laughs> try putting the lady parts mm. into a song. Yes. And, and seeing when you're asked yeah. to leave children's Singing it and in parts. the school. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, and she says that sometimes that when you present with a condition particularly a female condition if you're not very specific about what's troubling you it, it, it can lead to a misdiagnosis or a delay in diagnosis and, and also the, the fact that uh, things that are considered embarrassing mm-hmm. so you know if you've got itchy lady parts or yeah. you've got discharge or, yeah. you might not want to actually talk about that and so they were saying in this article you, you might not Raise some issues, so you might think, Well, I'm not wanting to have sex, but that might be because you've got all it's these other issues, issue, yeah. a medical issue with it, and so it often gets divorced from the issue, the medical issue, not diagnosed, and then that can lead to serious issues, all down to stigma. Do you think there's any
1: correlation between the fact that? Um, so men's bits, right, penises, willies, whatever you want to call them, they're dual purpose, aren't they? Yeah. Because they wee through them yeah. and they're used for procreation, yes. right, sex. Whereas all of those bits in the woman, all her, separate. it's all separate. So a guy could go, not that men are very good at doing this sort of thing, but, you know, they could talk about their willy. Yeah. And it could be from either point of view whereas if women are talking about you know the lady bits or whatever the connotation usually would be that it's something to do with gynecological issues rather than their ability to
0: wee yeah but also i think it it goes back a long time to the whole shame go back to eve Mm. you know and that's the the shame of female sexuality as well and and the The sense that it's something to be hidden and to be Mm. hidden away. In this article, um, the colorectal surgeon, Julie Cornish, who works for Cardiff and Vale Health Board, says that these embarrassing symptoms often never discussed. And she says it's not uncommon for patients to wait 10 to 15 years with symptoms, by which stage it's already started to affect their work and their relationship and maybe irreversibly their health Mm. and yeah I I just thought I I wanted to raise that and also I thought it would be quite fun to say vulva and vagina and clitoris (laughs) it's it's our podcast and we can say what what we like yeah. yeah
1: what I would suggest is you know don't probably don't stand on street Cornish out and those words out well no
0: if you want to join Julie Cornish she has set up a festival aimed at empowering women to speak openly about their health. She says it's a way of opening up those conversations. And I honestly can't see in this article what the festival is called, but I'm sure you can find it if you do. Festival of if... the Fanny? <laughs> <laughs> festival, festival of the Front Bottom? <laughs> Are we just going to think of some euphemisms now? <laughs> With a bit of alliteration. did <laughs> Oh, Tupp- you tuppence. Oh, you're tuppence. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that, that was one thing. Have you got any more things? No, I haven't. I'm, and even if I had, I'm stunned into Stunned submission. into silence yeah. now. So I, I've got another thing for you. Go on. So this was in Positive News, and it's talking about lonely men. Okay. The Lonely Blokes Guide to Friendship. Why do men struggle with friendship? And there's a gentleman called Dan Flanagan Who started a social enterprise called Dad La Soul? Do you see what he did there? De La Soul, Dad La Soul. Okay. Great, okay. Um, He's in Worthing, West Sussex, and he's got, uh, in this interview in Positive News, he's just setting up a soft play centre, which during the week is a centre for older adults with learning difficulties. But at the weekend, it's a venue for dads and their children to go and dads can meet up. Okay. so it says in the article here that men, for decades, studies have consistently shown that men have fewer friends, especially close friends, than women. And as men get older, they become trapped in tiny social circles. One thing that I thought was interesting a bit further on in this article is that they rely on the wife to organise lots yeah. of things, inv- including the social activities. Mm-hmm. So what they find as they get older is that their friends are their wife's friends. Yes. Yes. OK, I can see that. And uh, the guy who um, set up the um, social um, circle, sorry, not the enterprise. social centre, enterprise, social enterprise, um, Mr Flanagan said that the, he realised he was about to propose to his girlfriend and then realised that he had no one to ask to be his best man. Oh. And so then he thought he'd try and understand and try and find a solution to yeah. men's loneliness and lack of friends. Wow. It looks quite interesting. Uh, and, and obviously it's not aimed at me and, uh, it's nowhere near me, so I can't send mm. my husband with, mm. with, uh, with our children who are way too old for a soft play centre anyway. But he, he also says in the article, and, and as a result of these studies, that women tend to have social group of friends that they, that they get on with and they interact with on a personal level, mm. whereas men tend to... ...make friends in clubs or things based around activities. Something to belong to, yeah. yes. And so if you stop doing that activity, you use the, lose the friend. Yeah. So you, you make a friend as somebody who's doing golf... ...but yeah. if you stop doing golf... yeah, ...you stop having the friend as well. And he and it, it also goes on to say, is that because that men prefer to interact around activities... What do you think? Do men prefer to hang out in a club like way? Is the question. A lot of, I mean, it's a bit of a sweeping generalisation. And of course,
1: you know, uh, we're talking about, broadly speaking, we're talking about heterosexual males here. Yeah. You know, so gay men, you know, that, you know, that, that, that it might be different for them because of the way that they come together, you know, their, their, um, Excluded from a lot of things, so maybe they come together as that group anyway. Um, but you don't often blokes have a best man, but usually there's a. I. What's well, really sad that that guy realised he hadn't got anybody that he could ask. But if you hadn't got somebody, you just ask your brother if you'd got a brother. You know, it's quite easy to. Whereas girls, I think, if they're looking for bridesmaids, you know, or matrons of honour, or whatever it is, or a witness if they're getting married. Um, in a register office they're more likely to have a best girlfriend Mm. you know, like a a best mate Um,
0: but lads men don't really seem to do that no and and I do wonder if it is that they prefer friendships based around an activity maybe that's, that's
1: because then what they're saying is I... I like you because we both like golf. Yeah. Rather than, I like you.
0: Yes. Yeah. Okay, so it adds a little
1: bit of a Is It's just separation. a distance. Yeah, 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 let's hang out together, you know, and play darts or let's, I don't know, whatever. Um, go to the footy and the social element comes after that. So the sport is the one thing, but having a pint and a natter after, or whether it's cars or whether it, whatever it might be, maybe it's, Let's find a thing that we've got in common, so that we don't have to say we like each other, yeah. Uh, so overtly, it's just sort of implied. Oh yeah, and then can take it or leave it. Actually, because if he ends up, if you end up acting like a dick, well, I can just drop you. Because well,
0: that's another positive, actually, isn't it? So you'll be pleased to know that at Soul, you do get the pun, don't you? Dad Dadlessol, yeah, you do know DellaSoul. Yes, I do, but I just. Case. Dadless soul. Just... Okay, anyway, they've got pool tables and they, they've they got um, record decks and and they have activities going on. So Is that's... it S-O-U-L? Soul, S-O-U-L, yeah. Dadless
1: soul. Yeah. It still doesn't work for me, but okay. yeah. All right. It's a good job you're not the target market anyway. <laughs> I could refer somebody. I could refer a male friend. <laughs>
0: um, and... I think. Um, sorry, I'm just scrolling through here. Oh, it's talking about other community centre type environments that are actually dying away, um, and, and hence they're not having the connections anymore. So, uh, the church, yeah, um, the working men's club, yeah, and the Freemasons,
1: yeah, yeah. We've got a working men's club in Gabowin. There's Ifton Miners' Club up in St Martins. In Oswestry, there's actually a group called Men Walk and Talk. And that was born out of COVID for men who were struggling with their mental health. And they meet every week and they go out for a walk around the town. Um, but yes, it was, that was born out of mental health rather than a bunch of guys. Who, and you, you get men's sheds. Yes. Oswestry men's sheds, which is, and you know, they exist around the country. I suppose also once upon a time, blokes would go to their allotment and maybe hang out. So maybe some of those things are less likely to happen. You know, women have allotments now. You know, certain things yeah. that used to be the male thing, maybe, maybe yeah, working men's clubs, et cetera, like that, maybe that threw men together
0: more readily. I don't know. And also, as it says here... Men's social laziness is by now well established in social society. Yeah, well, identity. that's true. Yeah. As men get older, they delegate the maintenance of making of friendships to their better half. It yes. Says. Yeah. So, so just go and get yourself to dabble a soul if you're in Worthing.
1: Yeah, and and if not,
0: go join a club.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, you and I, you know, we we normally organise anything if we're doing something as. A, two
0: couples
1: hmm. I don't think certainly Stuart has never said to me why don't we arrange a night out with the Jameses
0: yeah but Stuart stuck with me and Chris because of me and you <laughs> <laughs> Stuart yeah, and Chris exactly. might not like yeah, each other exactly. yeah. well that's yeah. tough isn't yeah. it yeah yeah and if, part ever, part of, part if either of them voiced that then we'd just go on our own anyway wouldn't we so there we go um, yeah we don't need an excuse for that
1: now here's the thing is a jones and noble production brought to you every week well
0: maybe not every week ever
1: (laughs) recorded with an iphone a microphone and lots of hot air